Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to this, the worst idea of all time, episode number 45. My name is Tim Bat. My name is Guy Montgomery and welcome aboard. Uh, I All aboard, all aboard the Grown Ups 2 train. Next stop, 30 minutes of dissection. One uh, of us the captain and one of us is the first mate, but we're not going to argue about that because we're in a store, Monty. We're in stormy weather with huge swells lapping against the ship, threatening to bring crippling waves that could capsize the boat. We were on a train 10 seconds ago. Um, oh. I mean, that's it's, it's probably the main problem I found with that little analogy you were using. I'd say that we're co-captains. I'd say that we probably weathered the worst of the storm last week. That was definitely mm. the bluest I've felt. Um I just watched the movie by myself in my friend Prakey's bedroom on a laptop. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, don't get me wrong, I didn't think it was a particularly good film, but it was nothing like last week. Yeah, I hear that, bro. I, I completely agree. Last week was um, really, uh, what's the saying? Plumbing the depths? Yeah. It was really, I was, we were at rock bottom. And this week, I really set myself the challenge to view the movie as a movie, if you know what I mean. Like, I really wanted to watch this as a film that someone had made for us to watch at a cinema or on a DVD at home. You know, I wanted to take it in. I wanted to take it in, guy, but it was very difficult. So did you, did you take it in? Did you drink yeah. it in? Yeah, a lot of it. It's like it's trying to put yourself back into the time when we had only seen this a few times, like right at the start of this journey. I like that it, even for you in this in this little situation you're creating, it's not for the first time. It's, you know, when it was normal, just after a few times, you know, yeah, just the just, fourth or fifth viewing. Exactly, exactly. And it's quite tricky to get back to that even, um, even that. It's just a less absurd ground to get back to. Um, but it's helpful, guy. It's really helpful to watch the movie like that because you don't just go, I know what bit's coming next. You go, okay, all right, I'm on board. I'm focusing and I'm following your journey. I'm with you emotionally. 
I, I'm with you, David Spade. You've just found out you've got a kid. You found out at a train station to a woman whose name you do not know, but you do remember one thing about her, David Spade, whose character's name is Higgins. You know that she had the hiccups. So that's all your info. In your in your attempts to empathise with characters in the film, uh, who did you find yourself drawn to? Who did you relate to? Who was the sort of uh, the Tim Bat of the Grown Ups Two world? Well, it's still Higgins, man. I still David Spade. I'm with him, and I actually think it's down to his acting ability more than anything else. Because one thing I want to say about this watch, maybe this is even my shining light. Haven't decided yet. David Spade's dramatic moments, tender moments, uh, the moments where it's not all funny, funny, touching. Well, I believe Dom Curry mentioned this on a previous episode. Did you find David Spade uh, with pathos? Did you? I mean, when were you? When were you finding this? I've never understood what that name means. What is it? Pathos. What pathos. does that actually mean? Yeah, what does it mean? I feel like it means like emotional gravitas. I'm going to go for yeah. a dictionary definition right now. Okay, Poignant. Cool. Yeah, poignancy, tragedy, sadness. So, so what am I answering here? What is what did I think? You're, of David fucking, you're explaining your own theory or idea. Like oh, right. you said that yeah. when when David Spade was serious in the movie, which I can't remember, and I just watched it, you thought it was really believable. Hey, how weird is it that there's like we don't know everything about? You would expect by now that I would be able to say all of the words, all of the script, but I can't because I tried and I'm getting a lot of it wrong. Like, how is that possible? Uh, that you, I can I can tell you exactly what that's down to because I just tried to do it as well. The fact yeah. of the matter is, Tim, while we are watching and around the film every week, mm. um, like your ears and brain are just they're all over the shop. I mean, it's you're scrambling your own brain every time you turn the movie on. And so you're not like, unless you actually consciously trained and you're like, I'm going to train myself. I'm going to go to the trouble of learning all these words. And like, because I was trying it too. And I find I make the same mistakes on quotes because yeah. I've already learned it wrong in my head. It's like, with, yeah, yeah. it's like with sports technique, you know, someone teaches themselves how to serve a tennis ball. And then after 45, uh, weeks of practicing a coach comes in and they go well i mean it's functional and it gets the it gets the job done but it's not exactly technically correct so and and in your analogy the correct play to, way to play the sport is to watch the movie as a movie is that kind of what you mean like, uh, to just accept would, it as a film yeah i mean i don't think that it would be an option for either of us now but what no. i what I, I think it would you'd have to somehow like shut down all the critical and sort of like Pretty much your whole brain. Mm. <laughs> You'd need if we printed out scripts and read it along with them, maybe. Yeah, things getting a little. I don't know. It just it feels like it's getting a little out of hand now. Yeah. You know? Like before, it was when it started. It was a funny idea, and then it was a stupid idea, and then for a long time, it was a depressing idea. Um, but now it's just a really like it's just a strange quagmire that we've got ourselves in. It's really odd terrain now. I'm just I'm finding a lot of. Yeah. The absurdity is high. The absurdity is high. I wrote at the top. I, I had a um, a piece of paper in front of me for this viewing, and I wrote at the top of it about halfway through the movie when I was getting upset. Your hangover isn't the movie's fault, um, which was just me sort of acknowledging that this is my decision. In the same way, you know, drinking that whatever number of beer I had last night was my decision. In the same way, going to Casey's Cafe and ordering the the beef brisket fried noodles at 1am that was those are all my decisions and so when i'm sitting here with a funny tummy watching grown-ups too 
the funny tummy's not grown up's two fault. Is Casey still open, bro? Because I thought our like health safety people shut them down. No, they're still there. Oh shit, that's terrifying. It, how, do you, how are you feeling? Look, I'm fine, man. Like, I it's all relative, isn't it? Week by week, it's all relative. What I remember about last week was I could barely talk or look at you. This week, I've got a bloody page full of notes to get through. I'm fucking, I'm banging at the fizz to talk about the movie with you. Wait, wait, wait. Before you get into that, I I ate some really old eggs during the movie, and I actually played a little food roulette myself. I was wondering how I was going to be feeling at this point. They expired, um, I think, according to the packet, like, uh, yeah, six days ago. So, do you, do you think, uh, this is, there's like a food, I don't know if there's a real food conspiracy, it's got to be. But things like eggs and especially like salads, I feel like they whack an expiry date on it, which is about a week too early, so that we throw it out and have to buy more of those products. I think you're right. I, I think, think I think those hey, can eggs. Can you do me a favor? Can you angle your camera so I can just see you in the shot, um, folks? Uh, obviously, we're in different towns at the moment. We're doing this on a video Skype, so I can see Monty's gorgeous face, and he's got it. He's kind of out of shot. All right, mate. Uh, yeah, I am totally with you on that, bro. But it kind of covers their own ass from a safety point of view Look, as well. I don't give a it's, a, du- it's a double whammy. I don't care about your tummy. I don't care about this food conspiracy we've stumbled into. What I want to know, that. Uh, with caps lock on or off, how do you spell Kmart? <laughs> okay, capital K hyphen capital M A R T. A R T is in lowercase. Wrong. Fuck. Damn it. It's what, just capital it? K, no hyphen, all lowercase M A R T. Bullshit. Are you serious? Yeah. That's mind-blowing, bro. You got me good. I know. Shit. I wrote it down because, you know, when Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and Adam Sandler, and Stone Cold's like, you you were talking shit about me, and Adam Sandler's like, nah, I didn't do that. Like a liar. Like, he's a liar in this film. And then Stone Cold's like, yeah, you did this morning at Kmart. And Adam Sandler's like, was I at Kmart this morning? And I was just, like, at the screen, like, you've made it so explicitly clear inside and outside like to the entire movie going public that you were in Kmart this morning and that Kmart caters to a lot of your needs you can exercise in Kmart you can sit by a faux campfire in Kmart you can buy your knives your life rafts your toys your bedding everything in Kmart yeah but what's your point I don't have a fucking point (laughs) I didn't think you did I didn't think you had a point although I did wonder what do you know about the song Werewolves of London I know it's dope. Is it is it about like um, bankers and stuff? And oh, is it like is it like are they calling the werewolves of London in that song? Mm. Just so that everyone knows, the song "Werewolves of London" is in the movie. This is completely tangential. Keep going. I feel like going. is it a, is it about like um, how the real werewolves of society are sort of the the money grubbing men in suits walking around? You're taking a real occupy. 99% vibe to this, and uh, I like where uh, your head's at. Well, and I was wondering whether or not it was either an accident or, like, um, coded in irony that as we get this wonderful sweeping Kmart advertisement, that wonderful mm. shot of them walking down the aisles and Werewolves of London starts playing, whether oh, or not boy. that's Adam Sandler and co. winking at the camera saying, we know what we're doing and we feel good about it. Love where your head's at today, bro. Love that. That's really good. I mean, oh, that's exquisite. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, we don't know what Wheels of London's about, so I could it could so, be 
Okay, from memory, which is scant, of that song, because you only hear the chorus in the movie, I think it is like a straight, it's like a novelty song, and I think it does tell a story about nope. literal Kmart's roaming around. You heard, well, because you, you heard the lyric in the movie, it says, uh, I saw a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand walking through the streets of Soho in the rain. Holy shit, maybe you're right. Maybe it is about the banking elite. I don't know. The Rothschilds. This is the thing, though, is that I, yeah... It's it's hard to say, isn't it? Because it's hard to know what is what's just been created in my mind, uh, so that I can crowbar theories about the movie into this conversation, and mm. what actually might be rooted in truth. Now, I reckon you're on the money there, the, friend. The other thing I found in Kmart, I don't, yeah. I don't, can't remember if you've watched Grandma's Boy before or not, but Nick Swartzen when he gets out of the bed, you know, he's like, "All right, Grandma, I'm up." Yeah. Um, I thought I thought that might be like a little cross universe callback. And I, I, that's cool. I enjoyed that. Okay, that's I like that. That's cool. I dig that. I haven't seen the movie though, but I think I will soon. A guy, there was a guy who got in touch with us over the Facebook who I had a very long back and forward conversation with yesterday, which I think you'd familiarise yourself with that little communique. He worked on the movie, and I think he might have worked on Grandma's Boy as well. And this other one I'd never heard of called I Hate You, Dad. Oh, I meant to tell you. I Hate yeah. You, Dad uh, was, was released in New Zealand as That's My Boy. Oh really? I can't so like the same movie. I, yeah, I can't believe you didn't. Oh. You didn't Google that. Like you were obviously nah. around the internet all day, and it didn't occur oh, to you to just punch that in. Yeah, that's a good point. Didn't didn't think about doing that once. I just figured it was an Adam Sandler movie I'd never heard of. It's funny how they do that. Like they renamed that um, Tom Cruise one that came out where he dies and he keeps time travel zombie alternate universe back. Uh, no idea what you're talking about. It's like watch die repeat or something, and we got it here as fuck. I can't remember. Anyway, great movie. Go see it. Don't see this one. See that Tom Cruise one. I think you are like the least qualified person to be doling out, and this is probably the worst place for people to be dishing out movie recommendations. I'm going to hold that thought though, because in shot right now on Skype, you're holding up a coffee cup, an empty coffee cup that you've scribbled your notes on this week. Yeah. What have you got to share with us, Tim? I couldn't be bothered getting a notepad or a bit of paper. So no, yeah, a... it's it's much more convenient to write around a cylindrical container. Yeah. Okay, the first one says the PA system. I want to bring this up. In the school, the principal was chatting over a PA system. Do we have those anymore? Because that is fucking cool. It makes me want to be a high school principal in a high school that has one of those. Just to be heard in every room. I, at, at my whim. I don't know that we ever had them in New Zealand. I'd imagine that they're still a thing in America. It is a cool system. And like you'd get to do stuff like if you were a kid and you wanted to get into broadcasting, that could be your first uh, toe in the water. You know, dip your toe in the pool. You get to do the, the news or the... Do the notices. The notices. And, you know, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere or listened somewhere that a comedian did it and they made it funny. Doesn't that make perfect sense? I've got a weird feeling Howard Stern might have started off doing those school PA announcements. Someone. Um, I love the PA system. That's all I had to say about that. And uh, I reckon I found a continuity error, bro. One that I've never seen before. Yeah. Which we love. The number of beers that the drunk girl has in her six-pack cardboard holster when she's at the quarry, I'm pretty sure changes shot to shot. That is interesting. Yeah, that's it. I always think that those beers are those Samuel Adams ones that they make in Boston. But then I think we've talked about it before. I'm pretty sure they have to make up a beer brand. 
Well, it's, oh, that would be weird, no. wouldn't it? Because they sold everything in this movie, so it wouldn't make any I, sense. They, they, they probably would have sold the beer. But um, they're definitely empty as well. That's the thing that annoys me. There's a cap on them, right? But the way that she throws that around, the weight, the physics don't work, mate. It's too light. There's no beer in those beers. That is, I mean, you know, obviously the production team were working overtime on this film, really trying to get the whole thing together. But that is... That is a big oversight and it's lazy. That really irks me. Like an empty cup, the sound of an empty cup when someone's pretending to drink out of it. Yeah. That's the basics, folks. you got to get that stuff right. Chuck some water in there. Water's free. It's everywhere. We're surrounded by it. But we can never tame it, guy, because you can't just drink from the ocean. Respect the ocean. Always respect the ocean, Tim. I noticed a pretty, I had a pretty uh, interesting thought that I think you might want to share with me. So, you know, on the bus... When Chris Rock's trying to persuade Adam Sandler to throw a first night of summer party, and he yes, says, um, yes. and Adam Sandler's like, it's been many, many years since we did something crazy. Yeah. Now, obviously, we haven't seen Grown Ups One, but yeah, if they didn't like this movie, this day is one of the most insane days I've seen. Like this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've talked about it before. If you're packing all this into a day, I mean, that is a rate of life at which it's surely not sustainable. Someone's going to die sometime. Like, sure. was there a real placid, docile plot in Grown Ups One, and then this is a huge tonal change? Or do you what think what kind of movie would like? What movie? Could Grown Ups 1 be well, if it wasn't a rip-snorting, like, slapstick adventure comedy? What, like, what it, could it possibly Exactly. Be? I guess maybe then, I guess it's about what what Adams, what Lenny Fader constitutes as crazy in the world of the film. Do you think that they'll look back on their day today in Grown Ups 2 and say, that was a big day? Like, Selma Hayek can remember, this is always good, at the end of the movie goes, we need to go to sleep, we've got a big day tomorrow. What are you yeah. doing tomorrow? <laughs> go to sleep we've just had the hugest day ever it was massive we just hosted a party that was home to like a 400 person all in battle royale so intense actually i talked to that guy on facebook who worked on the production about the fight scene specifically and he said i'm not sure if this was one of the ones i was allowed to share or not but when they did the first take of them uh charging at each other uh, this like I think this little girl got like accidentally booted in the head, like sconed, and it broke her glasses. And Adam Sandler, very rightly, shut down production immediately and made sure everyone was okay, and it was all safe and stuff after that. And someone in the prop department fixed her glasses, which is kind of sweet. <laughs> that's insane. Like, yeah, man, that's... people got people potentially got hurt in this. No, I don't, I don't know. But then, but I, about I know the dog again as like, well today. That makes sense though, because if you think about it, that would qualify why a lot of the other punches thrown and kicks thrown were yeah. so obviously fake and distant, because they oh, were being right. extra cautious after that early mishap. Shit, you could be right, man. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a good thought, um, man. We need to we need to rip into some regular terrain, mate. Or oh. No, let's throw over to your notes. Have you, what do you want to share? Uh, I'd also just like to quickly say, it always irks me at the ice cream shop. There's so much wrong with the ice cream shop scene. We're talking so much about the movie, by the way. Yeah. This is the most we've talked about the movie in a long time, I think. I just watched the shit out of this movie. You did, man. You were in there. I watched the your pants off of it. The game. So, Tell me, ice Co- cream. Colin Quinn, I mean, you'd assume he's got a managerial role at the ice cream parlor if yeah. he's been working there since he was a child with Lenny, right? 
Oh, yeah, true. However, he obviously doesn't have the power to hire and fire because he only knows that Adam that Greg Fader is being hired at the ice cream parlor because he brown-nosed Mr. Pappas, who presumably yeah. is the store owner. God, I hope he's in Grown Ups 3, man. Sure. Mr. Pappas deserves a very heavy, dark backstory. Surely, like, Mr. Pappas, maybe he's a hands-on owner. I don't know. But, I mean, you'd think that Colin Quinn would be, at this point, across, like, the staff, and he'd have some say in who gets hired and who doesn't. But then, immediately after that, um, when Becky orders her chocolate cup, whatever, chocolate ice cream, and he goes, no, here's a word you haven't heard before. No, the machine's busted, princess. I was like, well, there's your first problem, Colin Quinn. If you've got a busted ice cream machine, just fucking whack an out-of-order sign on it right out of the gates so that you don't have to have these awkward face-to-face interactions with people. Like, it's just basic taking and showing initiative. Put a sign on the ice cream machine so people don't come up and order it. I've got two responses to that. The first is that I, I brought this up many like months ago. That if your ice cream machine is broken in an ice cream place, you should definitely close. Like <laughs> it's an absurd concept that the one thing you sell cannot be sold and yet you're still there. But I guess he's attempting to do the whatever. Uh, the second thing I have to say to you, Guy, is that you represent the worst of this bourgeoisie, nouveau riche attitude that people have got to constantly be climbing up the corporate ladder. Maybe Colin Quinn is happy in his role. Colin Quinn is not at the front gate. No, he's not happy in Maybe his role. Maybe he no. doesn't. And you describe it as lack of ambition. I know the, the lingo that you elitists use. Maybe he's just happy. Moreover, the, the face. they specifically reference the fact he's unhappy in that scene because Adam Sandler has to make some sort of awkward facial apology after he says it's a great job for a kid. It's a great first job for a kid. And then Colin Quinn looks hurt and then Adam Sandler has to say, or an adult. I know, but Col- it's just he's a grumpy, he's got a grumpy facade. There's an edifice. There's an outward-facing image of him that he's a grumpy man. That's how he just trudges on through life. You know, he's like Mr. Belding and Saved by the Bell or Grandpa and Grandpa's New Slippers. Think of those archetypes. He's a grump outwardly, but inwardly, he's very happy where he is, very satisfied what he's doing. And I resent the accusation by you or the inference rather that, uh, that he has to be climbing all the time. He must have been working there for 40 or 50 years and he's just like a regular cashier. That doesn't make any sense. He's happy, mate. Like, and if he's sustaining himself, he must be getting paid more than the other cashiers. You're going to have a mutiny on your hands if you're Mr. Pappas. <laughs> Do you reckon the young bucks are going to be upset that a guy's been working there for 40 years is getting paid more than them? If they're doing, I think that if makes perfect sense. If they're doing the same jobs, then hell yes. That's actually opening up, opening up quite a debate on whether... Because <laughs> I guess you're right. Like, technically, people who are in a supermarket, we're all doing the same thing at the, at the checkout, right? But I know, like, when I worked at New World, on the year, you would get a lot of bump and pay. You stay there for ages, man. You're looking at, you're looking at 10 20 an hour, up from 8 40 Or that, even when I started, I'm pretty sure it was 5 80 an hour. That's a big climb. Yeah. Anyway. If you stick around, you get rewarded for that. I guess, and, and that would support your theory that, you know, Colin Quinn is, is happy and is, I don't know. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up with you before we get into our features. Yeah. Um... You really quickly let that go, and I'm glad. <laughs> I think we went quite <laughs> quite far enough with that. Yep, sure. Um, Braden Higgins, I only noticed it today. Yeah. Uh, you know that bass line, that lazy bass line that they slap on him when he's at the Doom. train station? 
Dream of that baseline. I noticed, I think maybe for the first time today, that um, they use it again when he finds out that David Spade hasn't been working at the soup kitchen at the quarry and he sinks back into the yeah. water. Yeah. I was wondering if maybe that isn't music that is existing. Uh, that's not like, that's not production music, but that mm. when Braden Higgins is like, at a moment of reckoning as a warlock in his life <laughs> that this yeah, music yeah. just emanates around him. Oh, okay. So it's not even him generating the sound, but in the same way that kind of like a, you know, whenever they display like a godly light falling on something in TV and they've got that kind of angel chorus. Yeah. It's similar to that, that it just kind of appears. Yeah. That's dope. I like that. Just um, but don't you think other people will have, would have noticed it by now and been quite freaked out? That would add such a good element to the film if when... Brayden first met Higgins uh, at that train station and the music played. And then David Spade just looked around and got fucking terrified and was like, what was that sound? And it and was yeah. Brayden's and, devil but, chorus. And moreover, Brayden can't hear it. And Brayden's like, what sound? Oh, imagine that. I can't hear anything. And David's like, but I don't see any speakers. Yeah. And it doesn't appear, and it's like omnidirectional. There doesn't appear to be any source of the sound. It's just, it is surrounding me. That'd be scary, man. He is a warlock. Proof. What else you got on your notebook, guy? I was uh, waiting for you to finish your notes before I do the rest of mine on my coffee cup. No, nah, we're running out of time. You have a go. I've got nothing really. I've got some other stuff. But it's, oh, wait. It's one of them is the Patty Schwartz. But I just wanted to mention around that same time, uh, the testes joke that they make just as they're coming outside of the quarry. Isn't that weird? The one there's, that there's... Adam Sandler says his testicles are where his nipples are? Yeah, and then uh, David Spade says, stop it, you're getting me turned on. It's like a shit dick joke, whereas the rest of the movie's been a family comedy to that point. And then just a casual bit of, I don't know, like a gay joke in there at the end. Yeah, (laughs) really splitting hairs when we're critiquing the different styles of comedy they throw into this melting pot. You're dead right, man. You are absolutely right. Like that guy who's an extra who hit us up on Twitter to throw some shade our way. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching <laughs> him today. He's He actually had a pretty good performance. He's good. Um, For those, anyone who's seen the movie, uh, he, he, he's got one line, I think, that's not shared by the other one. So like, he does all the normal frat boy stuff where he goes like, cool, cool, cool. But he's the guy who says, yeah, they disrespected the hell out of it when he's talking about No, he Braden says they disrespected frat our house. frat house. And then no, he's no, he's the one who says the next line though. They disrespect the crap out of it. Oh yeah, yeah he's he's that one. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's in a, a yellow top. But anyway, he's he also on Twitter he's also in season seven of Californication, which is available now on Netflix. Ah. Make sure you get that on Netflix or or maybe Blu-ray. Wait a little bit and get him in high def on your PlayStation Three. I think I think his name is Dan. Yeah, he wasn't happy that we were reviewing a movie 52 times, which I understand. I get that. I reckon he said, maybe he'd just listened to it and that we hadn't given him enough airtime. Uh, I don't think that's it. I don't think he's listened, to be honest. But it was like it was funny because what he said to, to us was um, along the lines of, do you know how many times I've watched Tim Bat and Guy Montgomery's movie? None, because they haven't made one, that- which is actually false. Well, we haven't made one that has been as successful as Grown Ups 2. Not yet. You give us time, mate. Time and $140 million. All right, Tim. My shining light this week. <gasps> um, Some really nice sound design uh, at the quarry, actually. Oh, yeah? So, like, 
they do a good job with the crickets. There's, I mean, crickets for me are the quintessential sound of summer. You know it's hot outside when there's, there's chirping sort of, or that you, they're rubbing their legs together in the trees, you know? You know that sound? Oh, yeah, it's like Coke, but audible. Okay, so... That's how summery it is. So they're doing that, right? And I'm like, I was like, that's really nice. That's a really nice soundscape. And then it's when Kevin James is walking up to look at Suicide 35. Mm. And so there's that shot from behind the four grown-ups when they're looking over the quarry, and it's a big drop. Um, but if it had the sound of crickets, it wouldn't feel ominous. It would just sort of feel summery and okay. And it's probably only a two or three second shot. But uh, whoever's in charge of sound has has put in like a sort of a wispy kind of swirling wind noise, which actually lends quite a sort of terrifying um, tone to looking off of the cliff at the jump. And then they go back to the different shot and they're back on solid land. Uh, no more swirling wind. It's all crickets again. Yeah. That's, like, that's just, a, a really subtle point that you've hit on. It's, it's almost like in a western. That's the vibe I get. It's like he's adding that classic tension mm, where the hay bale mm, rolls mm. past Mate, and yeah. the streets have been emptied because a duel's about to happen. I don't, I don't think a hay bale rolls past. I've never seen a western with a hay bale rolling oh, through. Whatever from, they are. Like a, a, like tumble, a, big, a tumbleweed. Yeah, it's halfway between a dust bunny and a hay bale. It's a tumbleweed. A hay, sure. hay bale is weight, unless it's a really big win. <laughs> that would change the tone of the, the moment a little bit, though, if there was like two dudes who are about to engage in a duel. Uh, but inside of a tornado. I call the movie Tornado Jewel, and the kicker is Clint Eastwood plays both the good guy and the bad guy, similar to Jack and Jill, but the Clint Eastwood version. Yeah, and Adam Sandler plays Al Pacino. Anyway, <laughs> what's your shining light? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I've, if I, I just... I kind of want to do David Spade again, to be honest. I just really followed him in this movie this time. And I know that we're not supposed to repeat any, so I'll throw another one in, but it's kind of against the flavor of The Shining Light. But I've got a new favorite extra. Um, He's, uh, oh, shit, I've forgotten who he is, but he's got a pink shirt at the end of the tire. Oh, that's right, yeah. He's a dude, when Higgins gets out of the tire, like after he's vomited, there's a guy in a pink shirt in the background, and he is going big, Monty. He has made some acting choices, and all the choices were the biggest thing I've ever made my face do. And it is, like, overpowering to watch. If you've not got your eyes locked on that tire or Higgins crawling out of it, you'll see him. You'll be fixated by him. He's got laser focus. I like it. outrageous acting. I look forward to looking out for him next week. Yeah, and the 46th time we've watched Grown Ups too, which is weird. Uh, I've also got a, a shining light that's kind of like mate, we the don't... worst fighter. I've got the worst fighter. What? I've found her, mate. It's a woman in a tight dress. Oh, yeah. It's just after um, Thingy's got Shaq's brother in a headlock and says, we've got a wild one here. There's a chick in a tight dress at the back of that shot, and she is throwing punches at nothing, bro. It's. I'll point it out next time. You'll uh, love yeah, it. but that was because of health and safety. Okay. We better whip through these segments, Tim, because we are running out of time. Let's do it. Quick. You lead. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic, I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. Party Schwartz! Party time! It's Patty Schwartz! Party time! Party time with Patty Schwartz! Patrick Schwarzenegger, he is eating Miley Cyrus! They are in the tabloids because they love to party so much! They own two Jaguars! One is a car, one is a big cat! They put the big cat in the car! And they drove it off a cliff, but the... The the, the 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 Jaguar survived, but the car uh, is a write-off. Jaguarception. I love it. My Patty Schwartz party time in the real world this time is I read an article, which may be true, it may be not, that he has turned down a $49 million fund, his, his, his what do they call that? A trust fund, um, which Maria Shriver and Arnold Schwarzenegger have set up for him, uh, to stay with Miley. Maria has said, Patty... If you remain with this woman, this this hammer-licking, naked, uh, crane ball, wrecking ball riding woman of pop, then we're cutting you off from the trust fund, $49 million, and he has said, I'd rather have Miley. Thank you very much. And isn't that what love is? Yeah. Love is saying goodbye to $50 million to continue to mate with your pop star girlfriend. In fairness, say, mate. what say that, I mean, this is all obviously idle speculation from the... Yeah the depths of gossip hell. Mm. But what if they stay together? What is, like, Miley's going to be worth a billion before, like, what is $50 million to him if he's with Miley Cyrus? Touche, touche. But do you know what, Guy? That's not what the Patty Schwartz party time is all about. It's where we find our favorite part of Patty Schwarzenegger in 
the movie Grown Ups too. Yeah, and I got a and I have got a belter for you. Please. Um, when Colin Quinn, got a lot of Colin Quinn in this episode. Uh, mm. When he's doing a sort of motivational speech, being like, "Letty Fader left this town, moved to Hollywood, made big bucks, probably more than all of you brainiacs put together ever will." Patrick Schwarzenegger is laughing his ass off. <laughs> is he? He's just like he's obviously getting straight A's in college. Like yeah. he's got a game plan. He's got a five-year plan. He's got a clear career path. He knows where he's going to be making his money. He's thinking to himself, Colin Quinn, inspiring, yes, accurate, no. Look at how many of us there are. There is no way in hell what you're saying is true. And um, he's done the math. Party's done the math. And uh, yeah, he's just he's like. Come on. I'm going to give myself five years to party. Once I got the partying out of my system, I'm going to fucking like clean out. I'm going to make so much bank. Then I'm going to hunt you down at your ice cream parlor, Colin Quinn. Me and Miley are going to send a wrecking ball your way, and she's going to be right in it. Naked. Maybe even Party Schwarzenegger will buy the ice cream parlor off Mr. Pappas and then like make Colin Quinn's working life hell. Which we do you all know what I would do? What? If I was Party Schwarzenegger, I'd do that, and I would make a... A, a, a joint uh, Blaze Pizza ice cream parlor franchise. That's so true, you, actually. You've got everything I, 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 I have to issue a formal apology to Blaze Pizza. I haven't been uh, fulfilling my contractual obligations uh, to which Blaze Pizza. Which may or may not exist. Which definitely don't exist. But if you are on if you are on Venice and uh, and you've got a hankering for a, a flash, flash cooked pizza in less than 180 seconds using only the finest artisanal ingredients, uh, you're probably thinking about Blaze Pizza at Blaze Pizza, hashtag Blaze Pizza. Uh, it's the pizza for you to pull you on through. My favorite Party Schwarzenegger moment in the movie this week, guy, was um, he says, oh, yeah, really early on in the in the piece. Uh, I haven't written down in my notes exactly when, but it's it, it, they're at the quarry. Uh, I believe Taylor Lawton is speaking, and it's before Party has said any lines out loud whatsoever, but he's got such a big expressive malleable mouth that you can see him mouth the word oh yeah really clear it's like you can hear it it's like you can hear it in your mind um, I, f- I feel like it was a really strong week for patty this week yeah i feel so too he also does uh if you keep your eye on him which is hard during when uh taylor lautner does the chest bump with the other dude who i think is like 35 we discussed in one episode uh he does this little head jerk at the exact moment where they connect and i'd never noticed it before but i love it I love that he does it. He's like, he's taken aback in a cool way by that mean chest bump. Good on you, Patty. And if you're listening, um, you know, much love and respect to you. Yeah, big time, bro. Okay. Big time. And this probably leaves us uh, with enough time to quickly hop on the bus. Are you on the bus, like, Tim? Mate, I'm, I'm at the back of the bus. Call me Rosa Parks. You are the captain with the cheese grater. Grab that wheel. Mystery tour. The Steve Bushimi mystery tour is coming to take you away. Coming to take you away. Take you today. Steve- I gotta admit, off the off the top, I don't um I don't have anything for this. I know but- exactly what happened to Steve Bushimi. Yes. So uh in the first movie, Steve Bushimi, he he actually had a he had a job. Um, as a repairman, sort of a, a sort of Mister Fixit hire a hubby type role, so he could mm. he's just handy with tools, uh, knows his way around various different bits of machinery, mm. and um, 
what happened was there was a bit of a Colin Quinn was working his his winter job uh, in California because they don't really have a winter, so it's warm, and there's still a demand for ice cream at another mm. branch of the ice cream parlor. And uh, wouldn't you know it, he'd run into a very similar problem he was facing in Grown Ups Two, uh, vis-a-vis the chocolate soft serve machine. That is to say, it was uh, not not functioning; it was broken. And mm. who should he call up? Uh, but Mister Fix It, also on holiday, but looking to earn a, a, a bit of an extra bosh, a bit of an extra buck to spend on his wife Sherry Terry. Uh, bloody Steve Bushimi. So Steve Bushimi rolls into the parlor, you know, belt full of tools, pocket full of dreams, ready to help out, do his part. Uh, and he's he's banging on the he's banging on the lever at the back, you know. Sure. And as he's banging on the lever at the back, his hand accidentally clips. There's a chandelier in the ice cream parlor, by the way. It's probably important that I add that in. So he accidentally clips what is is quite it's hanging quite precariously as well. I do hasten to add this this chandelier. Uh, he clips it with his hand and just boof, down comes the chandelier right in the middle of his neck, back, oh back of the neck, and he just sort of slumps over the machine. Chandelier just rolls down his spine, absolutely cleans out the whole thing, all sorts of nerve damage. Arms, oh my God. arms apart and above. Uh, needless to say, the ice cream machine is now the least of our worries. What we've got here is a serious injury, uh, which Fucking means hell, that... Man. Steve Buscemi's only got 70% feeling in his body. God. That, that turned really like horror all of a sudden. What an image. A disabled Steve Buscemi lying on the ground as a chandelier well, tears him asunder. But, I mean, he, he uh, as you can tell, he, he, he makes it, not speedy, but full recovery. Good to hear. And on that positive note, um, we've got to get the hell out of here. We've gone, well, we've gone a lot over time. We've gone over time, so we must leave. Um, uh, hey, thank you, thank you so much for listening. Welcome to all the new listeners. Um, yeah, hope you enjoy it. You, yeah, all right. You weirdos. <laughs> I've got nothing to say to you. Yeah, neither do I. I'll see you in a week. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.
The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.